I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Lizlet on the Twitters. And I'm Ben Travers at Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And welcome to um, a podcast format that we've done once or twice before. Um, and I feel like it's always been fun. Uh, and it's because we don't decide what we're talking about. We d- you guys decide to a degree. Right. We, which, by which I mean we put out a frantic call for questions you might want answered uh, by Ben and I during this podcast. I have my iPad out. I'm still taking questions as we record. Um, but we are also we also already have a couple of really interesting thoughts, if, things to think about, things to discuss. I like that you said that as if people who are listening right now could really just paint, like run to their computer and have a log on a Twitter and be like, wait, I can get a question in. Let's do it. Yeah. You can't. No, we'll sorry. Be done by then. Sorry. Yeah, but, but we always invite your questions. Yeah, if you we, send us more questions via email, then we just have this thing ready to go. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you if somebody listen, listening to this right now tweets us a really great question, we might devote the whole next episode to it. And again, it, I always encourage you to email both Liz and I because I'm not great at keeping up with my email, but Liz is really good at it. So I have apps. She's got she's got all the apps. So just you know, send that email to Liz at IndieWire. And Ben and IndieWire, and and we'll be all set. Yeah. All right. So um, let's start off with a question from our own, uh, from one Steve Green, former podcaster Steve Green. Yes, uh, for, uh, former and probably in the future. Let's oh, face certainly. it. Like yes, we'll definitely certainly. bring him in again. Yes, he's not. He's not retired. No, no, he's in the game. He's just uh, sitting in a different different area of the office right now. Right. Um, but Steve. Steve basically convinced Ben that this was going to be a fun way to handle this podcast because with this very first question he sent, what TV show should Sylvester Stallone star, guest star in next? It's a great question, Steve, and I thank you for asking it. Um, I've only had maybe the past 15 minutes to think about that, and that is, it's not enough time. Well, you've only had the past 15 minutes to think about that at this in, in this in this specific instance, really, this is a question you've been asking, even in dialogue with, for I would say years. Oh yeah, but it was also it felt like such a such a stretch, such such a hope that it wasn't even worth hoping for. It was it, it was too big of a gift to expect at any time. And now, I, I don't really expect him to repeatedly come back to TV. He's he's dabbled in it now, and and he seems to have enjoyed himself. He posted a lot about it on Instagram. Um, but I, I think he needs. I think he needs to take it a step further. So he went with an Emmy nominee on broadcast television. I think he needs an to Emmy go. An Emmy nominated drama, you mean? Well, yeah, just clarifying. Yeah, but I mean, Emmy nominees are Emmy nominees. Like, he's he's hit a certain level of prestige with his first venture out there. Now I think he's ready to swing for the fences and do perhaps a recurring guest star. That that gives you a little bit more oomph. When you're mm-hmm. trying to get those those Emmy nods later in the year, um, this is all part of Ben's ultimate dream, which is to see Sylvester Stallone win, win an Emmy. Yes, absolutely. For the record, <laughs> Ben does not personally dream of winning an Emmy. No, Ben dreams of watching Sylvester Stallone win an Emmy. That is Ben's dream. Yeah, I, I'm I'm much more invested in certain in other people winning Emmys than I would ever dream to be myself. Uh, even if I was in the competition, I think I'd be more invested in other people winning than myself. Um, so, uh, honestly, I think we're probably out of the realm of possibility of, of him getting on the Americans in their final season. Mm. Um, it seems a little late in the game to, to throw in that big 
of a wrench when when they're trying to wrap things up. Uh, if there was obviously a perfect part, he could fill it, and that would be a nice. That's the nice kind of level at which I want him to be working under. I want him to like be with those experienced directors, that kind of cast and crew. Like I want him in those hands. Um, I don't think he'd fit in a Vince Gilligan world, so Better Call Saul seems kind of iffy. Um, Mr. Robot would be. Mr. Robot, he, I think he could, could fit. He I could find a spot. I think he would work well in Mr. Robot. I'm wondering if he would have to play himself or some variation on himself. No, I see. I, I, I don't want him doing that again. I don't want him playing himself. I think that's going to make it a lot harder for him to win an Emmy. I think it's better if he embodies a character and he really can put his acting chops on display. And we've seen what he can do when he gets a good director behind him. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to say this. I think he should get a recurring guest star role a la one Tracy Letts in Homeland. Hmm. I don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy. I don't know if he's helping Carrie or hurting Carrie. I think it would be great if they could get him to play kind of the in-between. Maybe he's so charming, so, you know, winning. You're you're so drawn to this guy's charisma that you want to believe him, but he's suspicious. Like, maybe he's an asset that she just can't quite trust. She can't put a finger on it. And then, boom, fight scene. (laughs) Uh, Okay. I'd love to see it. That would be... I'm getting more excited about it. He'd get Leslie, Leslie Linkaglotter directing him. Fantastic. Yeah. He'd be working on a top-scale production. Sure. Uh, he'd add a lot more value to a show that seems to be on the downswing, at least when it comes to the Emmys. Um, I, I mean, I think that's a win-win all around. Let's put him on premium cable, Emmy-winning show, recurring guest star, Homeland. Done. Random question for you. How much does Sylvester Stallone swear in his work? Not very often. I was going to say, like, I don't have I mean, a conscious. Almost. I don't. I don't think he's like you know. I don't. I don't have a memory of him like being completely like non non sweary. No, he'll drop some f bombs and like you know, tango and cash. Yeah. Bullet to the head. I see you. That kind of thing. Yeah, I will say I liked your Americans idea. Because I think the one thing, the one Stallone hurdle we have to handle is the idea that, you know, there's so few actors these days you can really say this of. Stallone is pretty iconic, pretty, pretty Stallone-y, if you will. And the thing I like about him being on The Americans is he could wear wigs. He could wear wigs. He could wear That's wigs true. and makeup. He could be, because he'd always be undercover. He could be a whole bunch of different personas. He likes wearing, um, he's, he'd be an interesting character for the Americans because you could kind of dress him down, kind of like he is in Rocky Balboa when you first meet him, as, it, it'd make him look like an old man. Like you could make him look like, you know, if you give him the wig and the big glasses, he can kind of look like he's a little bit aged out of the game. And maybe he's just a Gabriel-like asset that they're meeting up with on their missions or whatever. He's a replacement or he subs in. Uh, but then later you could obviously find out, oh, this guy's got a lot left in the tank. He can do a lot more. He's quite youthful and spry. Um, He's not, he hasn't given so. up his action hero days, I don't think. Oh, no, that's what I'm saying. He, yeah. he, can, he can play it both ways. You can absolutely put him in a movie like Rocky Balboa, where at the beginning you look at this guy and you're like, he is an old man who's just phoning it in. He's done. And then by the end of it, he's going toe-to-toe with the champ. And, and you believe every part of it. Wonderful. Um, great question, Steve. Great question, Steve. I'm going to switch it up. Um, for a question, it's a little more for me, uh, but I'm gonna. Don't worry, Ben. I'm gonna talk you through it because I think it's actually worth have an interesting discussion to have, kind of in, in the quasi abstract. Um, which is uh, Kate Hallowell asks, 
about the current iteration of Star Trek, Star Trek Discovery, currently streaming on uh, CBS All Access. Uh, disco. S- Sunday nights. Disco, as they say. Um, do you think the show is fixing to make Lorca an actual villain, or are they going to embark on some bullshit redemption arc? Wow. And Judgment. Uh, judgment in the question. Well, there's judgment in the question, but it's not unfounded. Um, right? No. Um, okay, so I should... How, you, how aware are you of what's going on in Discovery? I have no idea. Okay. I saw the first episode. Yes. It was pretty good. Yeah. Um, so all, I'm going to put this in as spoiler-free terms as I can. The main character of the show is not... Captain Lorca. And this is a pretty big aberration for a Star Trek series. Usually the captain is the main character. Um, that is nodding in agreement with a very true statement. So, um, I mean, they're ensemble shows, but it really is like the captain is a star, and that is not the case here. However, uh, so on the on the good, the good ship Discovery... Um, Disco. <clears throat> what? Disco. Disco. You really like that they call it Disco. I don't know if I like it or not, but they do it, and I'm going to they just wear the t-shirts. Well. And, and, and internal communications at CBS. That's enough. Yeah. Well, the alternative is calling it STD. Which I would be far more in favor of. <laughs> um, so anyways, with disco. Um, the thing that's happening right now is really interesting is they've put, not only is the captain not the main character of the show, but he has done some things in recent weeks that have definitely raised questions about whether or not he should even be the captain of the ship. Is this Jason Isaac's character? This would be Jason Isaac's. Oh, excellent. He's very good at playing both sides. Exactly. And he's that I think Maybe that, not as good as Sylvester Stallone would be, but he's good. Yeah. I I could see Sylvester Stallone playing this role. Star Trek Disco <laughs> with Star- Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> kind of rolls off the tongue. Um Ratings bump. Ratings it would there would be a ratings bump or a streaming bump. Right. Uh, but, yeah, so it's a really interesting issue right now because we're nearing, I believe we have, like, about two more episodes in the season, two or three more episodes before they go on a winter break and then they come back in January. And right now, things are very dicey when it comes to Lorca and whether or not we think he should still be the captain. Um, Don't and, trust him. I mean, it, there's good reasons not to trust him, but at the same time, like, he hasn't... He hasn't fully crossed any lines yet. Maybe. It depends. Um, <laughs> it depends on how you interpret a couple of key scenes. All right. So, but we're in this really, the question of, I think, I think Kate here is maybe coming down as pretty judgy of right. Lorca. Um, and Sounds like she's had it with him. I mean, he's, he's got no redemption. He's got, done some bad things, Ben. I'm not going to lie to you. But he's done some good things, too. And he's Jason Isaacs. And you want to like Jason Isaacs to some degree. Well, you I mean, I like Jason Isaacs, but I think a lot of his characters, I don't want to like them. Yeah, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to remember the, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of Draco Malfoy's dad. Yeah, Dale. that's a great example. <laughs> I think we all have a very clear picture of who you're talking about and why we should never try to like him. Yeah, but he's so nice. No. No, I mean Jason Isaacs. Yeah, sure. Um. Uh, he was in my way. He was in between me and coffee uh, at this uh, Star Trek breakfast screening. In my way. He was in my way. I had he, the, the coffee was there, and Jason Isaacks was standing in front of it. it and, but he was so. But when he, he and so I, I wasn't like it, trying to push through. But I was just kind of like, I'm just going to stand here until you move, and then I'm going to get some coffee. And then he saw it. He's like, Oh, I'm so sorry. And I didn't try to do an accent then. 
you know that's that's literally the scene that happens in Sylvester Stallone's guest arc on This Is Us, in which Chrissy oh, Metz's yeah, character right. wants to get coffee, and Stallone's in the way. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. He's yeah, like, well, what's up clearly, with, clearly Stallone what's up with this water? could easily, was, you know, could cle- clearly be playing Jason Isaacs' role in all sorts of things, including They're interchangeable, life. right. They're basically the same person. I mean, one's clearly better than the other, but continue. Hmm. One is a three-time Academy Award nominee and hmm. a Golden Globe winner and a future Emmy winner. One is not. I would argue that Jason Isaacs is a lot closer to winning an Emmy than Sandwich Pet? What? Sandwich Pet? <laughs> no, I'm not betting. Well, wait. What is what am I what am I betting a sandwich on? Who wins first? <laughs> Jason Isaacs or Sylvester Stallone? Yes. Hmm. The odds are in your favor. Isaac's is going to do a lot more TV. He is. But you are going to be, like, actively campaigning, yes. like, going door to door. Yes. For his one guest star appearance on a show that you have not been always a fan of. All of this is accurate. I'll think about it. Okay. I already, I already owe you one sandwich, and we have, like, three sandwiches pending. So. Did, we, did we answer Geller's question? Um, the answer to your question, Geller, is I think they're going to continue to push. They're going to continue to push down. Yeah, sorry. Kate, Kate's nickname is Geller. Don't ask. Um, you can ask. No, I mean, I don't. That can be a question for next week. <laughs> why, is Kate, why, why is our former intern's uh, nickname Geller? Yes. Why, why is our former intern's name Geller, Ben? Tell you next week. Ben, this I'll is the questions week. episode. Nope, next week. <laughs> got to keep them coming back. Got to keep them on the line. Okay. Plus, we've got to answer her question before we just start answering our own. Um, Kate, I think we're in danger of a. If if you are not really feeling Lorca as all, at all a sympathetic or you know, sympathetic and or redeemable character, then yeah, I think we are looking at a bullshit redemption arc. Oh boy. I'm a little bit more neutral on him. I feel like I feel like you know on the one hand. There's bad things, and on the one hand, I do see pot- potential redeeming qualities. So, um, as the character specifically, um, so I, I feel like I feel like they're gonna they're gonna keep towing that line at least through the end of this first half season. Uh, how how the season ser- the first season ends, I think, is a different matter altogether. And uh, I can't answer this question, but I will defer you to someone who can. Uh, so if you want to send a tweet or ask Liz to send a tweet to Justin Simeon, I think he would have an excellent answer. That reminds this, me, this I need query. to follow up with Justin Simeon. Yes. Justin Simeon need to ha- and I need to have a conversation. He's a big fan of, of the new Star Trek, and I think he'd, he'd definitely have some thoughts. Yes. Which hopefully he will share with more than just uh, Twitter at some point. If he just wants to tell Geller, that's fine. Yeah, he could also tell me. Whatever. You didn't ask. You could, though. Here, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna. I've got. We got another question from um, our good friend Melissa, Marissa. Um, Marissa, uh, by the way, was listening to our X Files episode recently. Which um, one? Am I right? I know. We will be here all week. Try the veal. Um, ben does not care for veal, apparently. Oh, the baby deer. <laughs> it's a baby cow. Is it? Yeah. What's the baby deer? A, f- a, f- a, f- a fawn. Is that what they call it when you eat it? No, you don't eat fawn. I think you do. No, the thing with the thing with the the reason that veal is bad is because uh, basically they take baby cows and separate them from their mothers and they put them in a tiny box and then they force feed them 
and that makes oh, their flesh incredibly moist and gender and delicious. This is getting way worse than I imagined. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a, the, the problem with veal isn't the kind of animal it is. It's the conditions by which it is raised to create the Wouldn't veal. Would it also be bad that we were just eating baby cows? Like little baby cows? Well, have you eaten lamb before? I mean, I don't prefer it. And I'm just saying, like, you know, there's a tradition of eating baby animals. I don't like this at all anymore. This is taking a dark <laughs> turn. We're here to talk about television. And I'm just, it's just like, have you ever been to the county fair? You bet. <laughs> the pigs are so cute. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. There's one in Minnesota. Not kidding. Size of this table. It's a big table. Wait, not this whole table. Yeah. Like, this is a... We're sitting at a 16-foot-long table. He was a good 15 feet, for sure. That... How 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 long does that pig... He was pig, a monster. How long does that pig live? Not long. He, he, he struggled to move. I would imagine. But he was cute. He was cutie pie. <laughs> kind of terrified that you think of a giant pig that you then refer to as a monster is also cute. Monsters can be cute. Just watch uh, Death Note. Um, I can't remember pass. the name. I can't. Yeah, I mean, don't watch Death Note, but I can't remember the name of the the creature that William Defoe plays in it. But he is a cutie pie. I never got from you. I, I, remember when I told you about the scene with the marbles? Did you remember that scene when I when you were watching scene it? With the marbles. Oh yes, I did. I did. I did. And you remember? <laughs> did you remember me saying to you, "This yes. is the worst directed thing yes. I've ever seen in my life"? Yes, I did. I did remember this. Yes. yes. I chuckled in the theater. Okay, excellent. That that yeah. that that's a deep cut for anyone who saw the Netflix original film Death Note. I bet a lot of people did. Hmm. Maybe. It's on Netflix. People watch it. Yeah, that's true. That is terrifyingly true. Um, so Marissa has a good question for us. Right. Marissa. X-Files the fan. Sh- Love Marissa. What is the show you're closest to quitting? Oh, man. And this is a this is an interesting question, um, especially given our current era, because... <clears throat> A lot of the shows we focus on tend not to be traditionally airing every week. Like, it's and a lot of even if they are traditionally airing every week, like I'm a couple weeks behind on Fresh Off the Boat, but I'll just you know do it's it's officially called within the industry stacking. If you were wondering if there was an official industry term for when you let a couple of episodes pile up on your DVR and then watch them all at once, um, they call you stackers. I don't know if they actually call you stackers, but that's how they refer to the behavior. Um, so in the streaming context, uh, I will say I need to watch Mindhunter episode two, but based on watching episode one, I'm not like, I'm not really in it. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know if I feel like a strong urge to keep watching, especially because, um, our, my, our, my lovely colleagues, Han and Ben and Steve are all fully up on the show and have done wonderful coverage of it. So I can theoretically focus on other things that might be more valuable to have someone have eyeballs on. But point is, Mindhunter isn't really making me want to watch it, which I guess is the streaming equivalent of quitting something when you don't finish it. Because quitting is not finishing. That's what it means, right? Sure. I actually feel like it's hard for me to quit shows. I'm, I'm fairly... I'm fairly completist about it. Like, I, I like to just, once I know if it's good or bad, that's the moment when I decide to quit or to go forward. So if I've already invested in something enough where I think it has the potential to be good, usually I stick it out. That being said, pretty much every fall, there comes a time when the pilots roll out, and I'm watching one episode or two episodes of something, and I'm kind of keeping up with it. 
and I decide to cut a run because there's so many new shows and it's hard to you know fit them in with stuff you've already engaged with you've already decided to to keep in the roster um, and this year I haven't quite gotten deep enough into the fall to do the to, to do the revisit post where you know I've seen instead of two of these episodes I've seen seven of these episodes is it good or bad yay or nay but that's on its way and I've already decided about a few of them I I kind of liked the gifted I thought it was fine but I'm done with it I'm not like I'll I'll check back. It is in, not worth the investment. Not worth the investment. I had cut the Good Doctor, and then our wonderful colleague Han Win um, advised me that it it gets better after the pilot episode. And it's also the number one most watched television <laughs> show on network television right now. It officially makes it two years running that I have given a, a, the top rated t- new TV show a, a bad grade, <laughs> um, a negative review. Yeah, and I I'm going to stand by both of those reviews because. They were bad shows. Uh, but I will definitely check back in on it. Um, in terms of some of the other ones, I've never even, I haven't even started the Orville, so who knows, but I trust Liz on it. Um, mm. I've, I'm going to keep up with the Men- Menendez murders. I just have to see the next episodes when they're out. Um, Ghosted, I'm keeping up with so far, but I haven't seen enough to know whether or not it's going to get cut. That one's definitely on the bubble. Same goes for the mayor. Um, oddly enough, one of the older shows that I've kept up with over the years, I am kind of behind on now and I don't really feel a strong urge to get back into it and that's Modern Family um, I kind of liked keeping up with Modern Family and it's it's innocent enough but it's been a while since I've seen an episode that really stood out to me so that one might be one that gets cut but I'm also a completist whenever it's done unless it's like nine years from now like unless they just make a 20 year Which show you, you know it could happen absolutely um, if, if that happens maybe I will just forever let it go but otherwise if I only have to catch up with two or three seasons when it's done I'll probably do that too. So it's hard to say that I'm I'm cutting them, but there's definitely a lot as the new shows roll out where you make the decision either when you're reviewing or very shortly thereafter, this one's done. Yeah, I feel like for me, like similarly, similarly, like evaluating the pilots, it tends to be kind of like, you know, I going beyond the pilot is rarely something I feel a strong urge to do. Um, if, if for a lot of for a lot of network stuff, like you know, it's like one of those things where like I like watching pilots. I love actually, I love actually watching pilots. I've had for years, even before I was covering TV. I would just you know always set up. I had like a TiVo back when I had a TiVo. I had a TiVo keyword search for the word pilot, so any new pilot episode I could, uh, could just scoop down because I like beginnings and I like seeing how people set stuff up. But there's a lot of I've seen a lot of pilots for a lot of shows and never watched episode two. Yeah. Um, but it's a great question, Marissa. Thank you so much for asking it. Um, I've got, and I feel like actually this was a nice one to kind of end on. Like we've, I feel like we've had this has been a fun omnibus topic, and that we've gotten to do some in-depth discussion of various episodes or various topics, uh, but not deep diving into one or the other, other particularly. Um, but to, let's wrap up with uh, Steve asking us, "What's your favorite ending to a 2017 episode?" Which is a tough question. That is a tough question. Well, <laughs> well, that's it's not that hard of a question. I can easily say that uh, the ending to the leftovers has been my favorite ending. Period, and that's both that, to episodes and <laughs> to the series. It's obviously. a very good ending. Uh, it's it's tremendous. It is something that is that will stand the test of time, as we've already written about thoroughly, as has everyone else. 
Um, but in terms of if we're looking back on the year, I'm going to throw that out there first and foremost, and then I'll let Liz answer while I try to think of an alternative, because I, I imagine Steve is a, is a wily guy, and he probably wants an answer that's more in line with what might just be a good ending to an individual episode that doesn't necessarily that doesn't necessarily end an entire season or let alone yeah, a series. I feel like, like I feel it's like, not an ending ending it's just this worked very well for the arc that we've established within this hour or half hour yeah i've got um i feel like the handmaid's tale had a couple of different en- episode endings like that really knew how to punch home like the ending of the pilot is a really perfect c- combination of voiceover and performance and direction um, with that final line of her saying her name. Um, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched The Handmaid's Tale, then for God's sake, get on it, people. Um, and uh, <laughs> with love, with softness, I mean that. Um, beyond, uh, beyond that, uh, beyond, well, beyond The Handmaid's Tale episode one, and uh, it's not a fun ending, but uh, the end of episode three of The Handmaid's Tale sure uh, doesn't, uh, sure delivers quite the uh, twist and a dark as hell one at that, and yet one that is incredibly important to the show. Uh, I won't go into details on that one, because but uh, you can definitely, if you Google, I believe if you Google Handmaid's Tale episode three ending, hopefully one of my pieces comes up, because I wrote a fair amount about it. <laughs> what are you laughing at? I'm laughing at you. Um, well, you, you, you're also laughing at the end of the Handmaid's Tale episode three, which I'm a little concerned about. Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> Didn't phase me. <laughs> you're fine with that. Um... There's a few. There's been a few good endings overall. Like, I mean, Halt and Catch Fire had a great ending. Um, ending, ending. Ending, ending. It's it, the ending to episode eight was actually really strong, where they were, uh, let's just say, packing up the house. Um, but I don't know if I'd put that up there with some of the other stuff that's been on TV. Um, I feel like I'm definitely forgetting a few, a few comedies. Hmm, comedies is a good point. Huh. Huh. I'm just gonna make that. I'm making that noise. It's 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 tur- becoming that part of the day. There's a few. I, I'm not gonna remember the episodes, but actually, Vice Principals is a rather strong show for endings. It does a good job, kind of packing a a good punch into most of its final moments to kind of send you through to the next week or to the next episode, depending on when you're when you're binging. Um, oh, actually, here, okay, this is a good one. I believe this is Better Things Episode 2, maybe okay. 2 or 3, and it's it's the one where um, Sam Fox is is taken away, she's, she's going away for the weekend, and she wants to, she's supposed to go out with, like, her girlfriends. Oh, yeah. And, and she gets to this place, and she's hanging out there, and she's, uh, she, like, right as soon as she gets out of the car... Um, they bring over this random single guy who is clearly there as like a setup for her over the weekend and it's really awkward and she doesn't like it and it's not only that there's a lot of things building up to this moment right but that's kind of the tipping point for her where she's just like nope I'm out and she gets in a golf cart and she drives in that golf cart to a hotel she has the driver of the golf cart take her to a hotel that's over by the beach in like Malibu and she just buys a hotel room with some cash uh, sits on the front of the porch and as she's sitting on the porch 
she like has an idea and she gets up and she goes and rents a car and drives home and she picks up all her kids from the places they were complaining about going and she brings them to the beach at this hotel and they have this great beach day and she's sitting there on the beach just looking at her kids and she's happy and she's like got the smile and tears crossing her face and then for like two seconds you cut and you realize she didn't do that she was just sitting at the hotel and that's how the episode ends and it's this really really powerful emotional ending to the episode because it's all about what you want to do and and it's all about what kind of runs through uh, a mother's head a single mother's head just a person's head when when they've got these ideas of what they could do with a moment or what they really want to do in that moment, even if they don't always feel like doing that. Because she was looking forward to a weekend away, and she looks forward to her independence a lot of the time. But you can't deny kind of these these instinctual urges, and then also the the simple kind of tragic appeal of, of wanting and yearning for something so easy like that. Like, that seems like something that everybody should be able to have. You see that in so many TV shows where it's just like a given that you can have a fun family day at the beach, but it's so hard, especially with kids who are teenagers who you never know what they're going to want or what they're going to resist or how they're going to be acting. So they, she may have done all those things, and they may have been pissed that she showed up. They may not have wanted to go to the beach. It may not have worked out like the way that she had it in her head. But you know that's all she wanted in that moment, and that's just such a beautiful thought process. It's it's a fantastic episode, so I'll, I'll throw that one out there. There's another end. There's a few endings to that. Yeah, to, she, Pamela Edmund knows how to end to a this season. season. Well, to this episode, episode. Uh, in the season. But um, that one, to me, was very much about the last few seconds. Like, that that left such a mark when you were watching it that, right. that it was beautiful. So, cool. I'll go uh, with that. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to throw out one more. Uh, it's a comedy, technically. Um, it sure didn't make me sob uncontrollably for a little while. Um but the end of uh, the Big Princess Carolyn episode in season four of BoJack Horseman, that sure didn't ruin me emotionally, um, because why would why would that hurt? That you know, Princess Carolyn has this beautiful um, has this image of the future that she tells herself, and she acknowledges that maybe it's not true. Why would that be at all? A thing that makes me cry. I don't know. Why yeah. would it? Room 104 was really good, too. Yeah? <laughs> Which one? Uh, the premiere, really. I mean, there's been a few, but the premiere ending was with that twist is, is very nice. Which, which one is the premiere? The premiere is the one with the babysitter. Oh, okay. I don't know if I actually watched it. That one's very strong. Okay. Very cool. Um, I think those are all... Thank you guys very much for asking your questions. There's an episodes, too, where Matt LeBlanc goes to the beach. That's all I'll say about it. That's a great ending. That was. Oh, I remember lovely. that. Yeah, that was that was fun. Also, every episode of Twin Peaks was a great ending. Sure. Yes, every single one, including the sweeping. It was all great. Sure. Benjamin has opinions. He's allowed to have them. Um, another thing you can have an opinion about Ben. What was the best episode of television you watched last week? Episode. Or best thing you watched? We we're not being specific. We're being general. What's the best thing you watched last week? That's a great question, Liz. Um. I think the best thing that I watched last week was was probably it was probably split between two things. Um, one of which I didn't technically watch. Well, I did watch it, but I'd seen it a few times before. And that's the Broad City episode six, um, mm. titled "Witches." It's very much there. They've been responding to the election all season. They've been a very they've had a very mature kind of 
growth period throughout season four um, where they're taking on issues that are speaking directly to them because you know they're getting older and because of what happened but this sixth episode is is incredibly strong television um i don't even want to talk too much about it because it's so very very funny and so very very moving that you kind of just have to experience it but um it's got a great guest lineup uh it's 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 pretty surprising it's very much in vain with the rest of the show it doesn't it's not like one of those departure episodes where it's something that isn't in line with what you expect when you tune in for broad city it's still very much their voice uh abby Jack- jacobson directed this one oh, um i didn't know that yeah she directed this one she directed one more this season and alana glazer directed uh two as well um so yeah i'd, I'd very much strongly recommend that but i saw that back at comic-con and i think i probably talked about it then so um i will just say that it's out now make sure you find it and then also if you have access to true tv i would very much recommend at home with amy sedaris because Amy Sedaris is a treasure, and she's so fun. Like, I just, her sense of humor is very... Specific. It it is and it isn't. I think it's actually a fairly wide... A lot of people will find it very funny or find a lot of it very funny, but it does strike a very specific tone. And what I like about At Home with Amy Sedaris is it's very strange to be, to watch her be so earnest about things she loves in that she's in her apartment doing kind of homemaking and, and teaching people um, how to host and how to cook this and how to build that. And um, you can tell that there's a lot of love that she has for these things. Like she does really enjoy them, but then she ingests, like, or she, she, she infuses all this humor into it. And it's, sometimes it, it cuts against that wholesome nature of the show, but it never seems to stray too far away from it. Like, I, I luckily, like, I, I got to talk to her a little bit about it. I think she phrased it better than I am. Um, but it's got a, it's got a good vibe to it. It's, it's one of those things where I think you can watch it, and you'll be able to watch a lot of it. And she brings in a lot of guest stars, so there'll be people that you really enjoy kind of cycling through. But her comedy and her character and her character work is still such a huge part of it that it, it carries the whole thing. So I, I'd very much recommend that if you can get to it. Yeah. Uh, Liz, what was the best thing you watched last week? You know, it's not... I've watched a lot of stuff. I've uh, been keeping up with a lot of things. Um, I will say the best thing I saw, and I saw this in real life, but we had Ryan Hansen, famously of Party Down and Veronica Mars, and his new YouTube Red series, uh, Ryan Hansen Solves Crimes on Television, Asterix. And we had him in the we had him live in the office for a Facebook Live. He was super charming. He spoke with our colleague Steve. You can watch the full like twenty minute video online now, but you can also skip to like the twelve minute mark where we had a person write a, a Facebook commenter write in asking about Veronica Mars, and Ryan Hansen took it upon himself to call Kristen Bell and say, "Hey, do you know what's going on with Veronica Mars?" And then he put her on speakerphone, and Veronica Mar- sorry, Kristen Bell told us what was going on with Veronica Mars, and uh, so that made some news that day. That was, but that was just like the most weird and beautiful and organic and perfect thing, and it was so delightful. And Ryan Hansen in general is just a joy, and the show Ryan Hansen Solves Crimes on Television is actually really fun viewing. Like I'm still working on my review because I still, it's been a busy week. I had to do things like bring Ryan Hansen to the office so he could report on whether or not Veronica Mars is coming back. Um, Spoiler alert, it is. It, it, she's, they're definitely determined to do it at some point. 
uh, how what however 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 your aggregator outlet chooses to interpret that, you know, is on them. Um, so yeah, that was great. That was really fun, and and his show is good. So and if you so if you want to check that, the first two episodes are available for free right now on YouTube. Um, and uh, Samira Wiley, Emmy nominee Samira Wiley is in it, so uh, as playing a very fun character. So I do not not recommend it. Good pick, Liz. I tried. Ben, what's the next thing you're looking forward to? Uh, there's two again. Uh, one is Smilf, which we've already talked about at length, and yes. next week we'll dig into thoroughly. Um, you want to make next week Smilf week? Probably. Yeah, I think it would have to be, because it'll be the Monday after the premiere. Yeah. But the premiere is available now on YouTube, so if you guys want to watch it, whether you have Showtime or not, you can, and you should. Right. Um, but I will also give a big shout-out to The Girlfriend Experience Season 2. Um, I'm very excited for the new stars drama, I guess. it's. I mean, it's half it's hour, a, but yeah, it's, a drama. it's drama. It's a drama. Um, there's no illusion as to whether or not it's a, a comedy or but drama. But it's a half it's hour straight. drama, which is a very unique thing. Right, and they're doing a, another very unique thing uh, this season in that their two creators, well, yeah, right. creators, producers, writers, and directors are basically splitting the season in half where there's 14 episodes, uh, seven episode arcs are being given to two separate stories. So Lodge Kerrigan uh, is taking the latter half, I believe. And no, Amy it's, uh, I believe. He's got the first one? So I, believe, uh, I believe Kerrigan is first. And then Amy Simons has the second half. But yeah. uh, they're telling independent stories. It's basically like they got a, an order for season two. I think they bumped up the episodes by two. I think they did 12 episodes in season one, or maybe 13. I think it was but 13 in season one, because um, I watched them all. And it feel, I, I, believe, I remember it being an odd number. Okay, so, so they bumped it up by one. Yeah. And then, um, but they basically did that and then decided to just split it in half and make two seasons out of one. So I, it's, it, it seems easier in my mind to look at it like we got season one that was 13 episodes and it was all one character. Season two will, will be... 2A. Sure. Season two will be the first seven episodes that they air, and then season three will just be part of season two. Oh, you can't uh, call it season two or season thing. three, man. No, I'm going to. I, I mean, I'm not going to officially, but in, in my head that makes a lot more sense, and it's a lot easier to convey to people that they're just going to get season two and three back-to-back than this whole long otherwise. Yeah, thing. but I feel like I feel like there's something we're missing or something they haven't really explained maybe about, like, maybe like, there's a meant to be a thematic connection. I don't but know. But even if there's a connection, it's okay, because this is this is an anthological series, so we knew that it was going to break into a new story after season one was over but you can have connections between seasons every other show does that anyway even you know american horror story brings back old characters or does old mm -hmm. themes with new seasons so even if they do that it's a lot easier for me to think about it like just two and three a whole new set of characters to joylessly masturbate on screen right well sometimes they have fun sometimes yeah it'll uh. be great so that's on stars on sunday november 5th uh smilf is available for some reason now I, I was premiering later than I did too. I was. We were both very wrong. Um, and then Smilf is on Sunday, November fifth as well. But it's also available on YouTube. So check it out. Yeah. Liz, what are you looking forward to? I am looking forward to seeing more of Outlander, uh, season three. It's been the first. I thought the first six were great. I've got episode seven burning a hole in my inbox right now. Um, I'm actually like, this is a for after especially a long time of like really focusing on streaming series. The fact that. Right now, I'm regularly regularly keeping up with a few different shows on a weekly basis. It's kind of refreshing. Um, I like I like the rhythm of getting the screener link and you know 
every every like, Tuesday or whatever day they send it and getting the episode and all that. For the same reason, I'm looking forward to watching Star Trek Discovery. Um, I also still haven't checked out Godless, which uh, I had as my pick last week. Um, but, you know, I still want to see Godless. That's not a weekly, so. Yeah, that one's all at once. I think the only thing that I get in my inbox now that it's almost like an immediate click or that <laughs> night or like hugely prioritized is uh, You're the Worst. I think that's still the only one. Oh, yeah. You're the Worst is you're the worst for me, too. Like, a lot of the Networks ones come in, and I just catch up with them when I can. Right. And uh, a lot of the other stuff I've seen, like, The Deuce came out. It's coming out weekly, and I've been kind of revisiting it a little bit, but I've already seen it all. Is the finale. The, the finale is, as we record this, is Sunday, Yesterday, right? Yeah. 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 So, uh, oh, The Deuce. I like that show. But yeah, the weekly thing is, it's super nice. I love having, I love weekly television. You guys have heard me talk about it far too many times, I'm sure, but... Yes. I love it. Old man, old, old man Travers loves me. weekly television, hates binging. I do hate binging. Oh, it's such a, such, a, such a reliable thing that you can read all about on IndieWire.com where you'll find... Multiple times. Many times. <laughs> How you doing there? Just rants. Just Ben ranting at the sky. Yep. Old man yells at Cloud. Yes, you are the... Stop binging your shows. Take your time. Mindhunter needs to be enjoyed <laughs> weekly. Slow down on Stranger Things. You won't appreciate the subtleties, the metaphors. <laughs> oh, my God. We should record an entire podcast. It's just that someday. I don't think I can keep it up. Yeah. That was, that was a beautiful moment, nonetheless. There's only, like, two accents I can do <laughs> other than my own, which isn't an accent. Yeah. It's kind of got a thing. No. All this right. is just how everyone wants to talk, Liz. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a thing. Um, anyways, anywhere.com, news, Mumbling. reviews, interviews, features. Ben ranting about stuff. Podcasts, too. Podcasts. Including Turn It On Podcast with our own Michael Schneider. I believe he talked to the Will and Grace creators this week, which is quite exciting. I like Will and Grace. I also got to talk to a Will and Grace um, camera operator uh, at a bar when I was watching a Cubs game a couple weeks ago, and that was really fun. He was a very nice man. Um, so, yeah, check out Turn It On. Uh, make sure you check out uh, the Filmmaker Toolkit podcast, if only so you can learn about the joy that is Chris O'Fault. Because when you learn about that, you're going to go on Twitter, you're going to see a picture of the New York IndieWire team dressed for Halloween. Oh, my God. Is there a photo up yet? As all of the oh Wes Anderson God. characters. So, like, well, not all of the Wes Anderson characters, but all the movies are represented except for Bottle Rocket, which I've already given them shit about, but well, so let it be go. it. I won't, but so be it. And um, Chris O'Fault, the host of Filmmaker Toolkit podcast, went as Fantastic Mr. Fox himself. Is he wearing? Uh, I am. I, <laughs> he's I, got, he's got whiskers on his face and like a little nose, and then his suit just looks great. But um, yeah, so make sure you check out the Filmmaker Toolkit podcast for more reasons. They better than win that. that money. I feel like they're they're in pretty good shape. If anybody lets it down, it's going to be. Eric Cohn from the Screen Talk podcast because his Steve Zissou is a little bit lax. He doesn't seem like I can't see does his shoes. Does he have a beard? So I don't know. He does not have a beard. What? He's got an untucked blue shirt and the red stocking cap, and then the rest is just Eric. Um, so I this is he's the one who's maybe a little bit let him down. But Eric is a busy guy. He's got a lot of things yeah, to do. He just like, got back from a trip from France. Um, and he's right? got to record, yeah. Right. And, he, and he's got to record this podcast. And with And he's got to record Screen Talk with Ann Thompson every week, and and that is an in-depth look into the film industry that you cannot get anywhere else. So make sure you listen to all of these podcasts for all the reasons I just described and more. 
Yes. And uh, you can find Ben on Twitter at Ben T. Travers. You can find Liz on Twitter at Lizlet. That's with an I and an E. Correct. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, we will be back next week. Uh, and in the meantime, you guys... Have a spooky week because it's Halloween. I, you wanted me to start switching it up a little more, and I realized I didn't know what I was doing going into it. No, I could tell exactly what you were going to do as soon as your tone kind of switched. Like it was just, I could hear like the ooh, and I was like, ooh, this is going to go for it. It was great. Yeah, no, I kind of place planted there. No, it was wonderful. Keep watching television.